This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and your one-stop shop for optimizing all your office technology. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. J.J. Watt in the backfield. J.J. Watt, baby. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the guys who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. Well, it was either bring your dog to work day or it was what, what, what did it sound like again darren before we get into the particulars why would you do this to of me, swoosh what was that sound that you heard you had the front row seat hence you <laughs> no, were among those closest I, I didn't to the have dog the front row suite, uh, seat the dog had the front row seat we were we were actually in the row behind him did you not hear the panting the <laughs> <laughs> So, Danny, the dog had a row all to itself. Where were you seated? Right behind the dog next to Darren. <laughs> there you go. I was, I was uh, across the right breezeway. Right behind the dog sitting next to the dog. I was in a wow. breeze. I yeah, only saw that? it on social media. So was the dog well-behaved? I just saw a still shot. Yes. Posed okay. very well in the pictures after the press conference. And it's a big dog. Wait a minute. The dog was in the pictures yes. after the press conference? Of course. Yes. Why else would you bring the dog? Did yeah, they have why? the dog holding up a jersey or a helmet? I mean, no. what, what? really? Okay. This is Kyler's dog or mom and dad's dog? Yes, Kyler's dog, Swoosh. Kyler's, okay. (laughs) Swoosh. That's good. All right. It all ties in. I get it now. All right. Here we go on Cardinals Underground Special Contract Edition. Paul Calvisi, Darren Urban, Danny Sarek. And then Danny had the one-on-one after the press conference. Before the press conference. Before Before the press conference. Okay, man. She's the first one to talk to him. Okay, so now we're we're getting all the particulars. Now we're rolling. So uh, what did we learn from the Danny Sarek one-on-one sit-down exclusive interview? Danny, do tell. Well, first of all, I got to promote it. If you want to go see the whole interview and you want to see the video of Kyler smiling, his great suit, um, go check out our YouTube channel. It's on our website, easycardinals.com. Kyler, I thought, was really great, and I thought he was insightful. I I asked him, you know, right off the top, he was so tight-lipped about this whole process, and the few sound bites we heard from him, he was crystal clear on wanting to be an Arizona Cardinal. And so I asked him why he never wavered from wanting to be a part of this team, this organization. And he just said, you know, not many teams would want to take a chance on a 5'10 quarterback, and this is the organization that took a chance on him from the beginning and has done what they need to do to put him in a place to be successful. And he's grateful for that. He credited the relationships he has with Cliff Kingsbury and his teammates and how they've grown so much over the last three years. And that's the expectation is to continue to grow. I also asked him, you know, we seem to have here from everyone in the media, locally and nationally, what kind of leader Kyler Murray is this offseason. But we haven't heard from Kyler himself. So I asked him, How would you like people to know the type of leader you are? And he said that he describes himself as the kind of person who, when he's in a new situation, likes to observe and prove through his actions as opposed to just walking into a room and telling other grown men what to do. He wants to lead by example and he wants to earn their respect and earn their trust. 
And so that's what he's been doing as he's been maturing the last three years so that he's been vocal in the locker room. He's just maybe a different kind of leader than we're used to seeing through other quarterbacks throughout the league who are so vocal and so active on social media and things of that nature. But I thought he had a lot of really interesting things to say. We talked about the excitement of having his college teammate and his very good friend, Hollywood Brown, now on on this roster. Um, and, and he also talked about the type of legacy that he wants to start setting for himself as the second highest paid quarterback in the league now. Hmm. Yeah, I like that question about leadership. You're right. Everyone's had an opinion on leadership and some free advice along the way, right? But what does Kyler truly define as leadership? Because it is as individual as a quarterback. Kurt Warner was totally different from Carson Palmer versus other great quarterbacks that, that we've seen along the way. So, And it was striking to Danny, to your first comment about Kyler Murray, that he did indeed say how grateful he was and, and, and honored that the Cardinals would have selected him number one overall as that 5'10 quarterback that in high school, he wasn't even sure he was a D1 quarterback just because of his size. And then if you remember January of 2019, before the draft, there were plenty of draft experts who had him a long way from going even in the first round, much less first overall. I I personally forgot about all that, but obviously it Mm -hmm. still resonates with him because it is part of his legacy, no doubt. I remember talking to him uh, for a sit-down interview we did after his rookie season, and I remember him talking about that. And I think that was one of the things that really surprised me at the time because he hadn't brought it up before, and I just took him as somebody who, you know, if somebody was thinking he wasn't going to be there, that um, he would just kind of be like, you don't know what you're talking about. But there was a part of him. I, I, I look, don't get it twisted. I, I think Kyler Murray is always very much believed in himself. I think Kyler Murray always thought he should be a first round pick. I think he, he has enough self-awareness though, that he wasn't sure if it was other people were going to think that. And I, you know, I, when I look at this contract, you know, he said something right after he was done talking to Danny and we were kind of waiting. We we're still 45 minutes out from the press conference and, you know, a couple of us were congratulating him because it's the first time we've seen him since all this happened. And, and he, he basically said, I think Danny, you were the one who brought up like how you're feeling or whatever. And he's like, I'm, I'm really being serious when I say nothing's really changed. And I believe that with him. Um, let's face it. Kyler Murray's didn't grow up dirt poor. Um, it, uh, this is more money than he's ever had or his family's had. There's no question. But it's not like they they're a middle class family. So it's not like this money is going to drastically do something like it might for some players. So for me, I do believe when he says not a lot has changed, I do believe this has to do with appreciation that the Cardinals appreciate him. I believe it's, we always joke in sports about guys saying, um, it's not about the money, it's about the respect. And for the longest time, I really struggle with that. But I do think there is an element to the players where the money gets to be the point where it's you don't even feel it because it's so big. And it is about the respect. I do believe he sees this just as much about the the, the dollars in his bank account as much as it is um, the team saying, yes, we think you're one of the best in the league, and, and this is how we prove it. And this was his expectation. Yes. So it, it's not necessarily yes. like he's a player who has been yes. on the fringe and has been going from team to team and has been an underdog having to prove himself. Has he had to prove himself? Of course. He has earned this. I don't want to take that away from him. I also think, as we talk about, you know, 
people saying what kind of leader he is because they think they know him and his personality traits. This was his expectation. And you're right, Darren, I did. I asked Kyler, I said, what'd you do to celebrate? And he was like, nothing really. You know, I, I, I flew out here for this. And, you know, you know, that's kind of it. Like, and I said, are you are you doing at least a nice dinner or something? <laughs> he was like, yeah, we'll probably do like a nice dinner, but like not nothing to celebrate, no big purchase, like just another day. He he said to me, he's like, I'm just ready to get on the field. Well, let's face it. It's not like he wasn't already a multimillionaire. So. Right. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm agreeing with you. I know you are. I'm guessing the O-line will get the most out of the first O-line dinner with the quarterback, though. Or, they'll, or they'll the Christmas make, gifts. Yeah, he'll make the most out of that. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, you he know. might get something special for Ronnie Hudson, too. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Uh, there were players in the back of the room who were in attendance, right? Not just Colt McCoy, who, who stood up and asked the question. Were there other players all back the, there? All the quarterbacks were there and Cam Turner, the quarterback's coach. Oh, I know coaches, yeah. your coaching staff. It, yeah. it was it was pretty filled yeah. in the back. Okay. Trey McBride was in there, too. Trey McBride. Okay, there you go. And then, of course, he was on stage with the GM, Steve Kime. And with that being the case, I thought to myself, you know what? This is much less of a risk now than it was in 2019. Drafting Kyler Murray at 5'10 with one college season under his belt, albeit a spectacular Heisman winning season, was a much greater risk, I think, than going in 200 million plus into Kyler Murray with three seasons under his belt and two Pro Bowls. Agree or disagree? Uh, spoken like somebody who's not paying the 200 something. <laughs> yeah, sure. I well, mean, that's I, under that's just default. That's I, understood. I, I know what you're saying, but I I don't know. That's a that's a lot of money. Even if you think he's your guy, that's still a lot of money. Whereas opposed to you draft a guy. I mean, you did it with Josh Rosen. You draft draft a guy who doesn't work out. You move on and <laughs> yeah. So, but I, look, I I agree in terms of the risk part of it. I think the fact that they have the proof on the field already, yes, I believe that it was a bigger risk in 2019. I would agree with you, Paul. And and if you tell anybody that, uh, I'm going to deny it. You've got to imagine Steve Kime is very relieved or proud of the fact of drafting Kyler Murray first overall because this is the first quarterback the Cardinals have drafted that they have given a contract extension to since, I don't mean to age you, Jake Plummer in which year? 98, he got the 98. extension. December of 98. That's so right. the, the fact that now, it's paid off, the, great the, news. The... Uh, the Cardinals, let's let's make this very clear, too. The Cardinals spent exactly uh, two draft picks higher than the fourth round on quarterbacks between Jake Plummer and Kyler Murray. One was Josh Rosen, so we know what happened there, and Matt Leinart. So it's not like they were getting a whole bunch of high draft picks that were washing out, but... And I, I sent Dan, Danny, Danny saw that fact and she's like, is this true? And I'm like, yeah. And then I gave her the list of all the quarterbacks they drafted between Jake Plummer and Kyler Murray, and it's... I love me some Ryan Lindley. Yeah, Ryan's yeah, a great guy. John yeah. Skelton's a great guy. Yeah. Chris Grison. Yeah. Well, Logan Thomas. I'm sure at some point in Jake Plummer's press conference, and I'm trying to remember back, didn't he get a $15 million bonus? That yes. was the big takeaway, yeah, that right? Was a, that was huge. That was big money back then. There's no doubt. $15 million bonus. And I'm sure at some point Jake said, well, I feel like this is just the start, which is yes. exactly what Kyla Murray said. Quote, I feel like this is just the start. But, agree or disagree, you believe that. Don't, I, I do. Don't you fully? I mean, is there room for improvement? Absolutely. And I was very much encouraged to hear him say that he's watched the playoff loss multiple times. He's trying to learn from that. And he's far from the only quarterback to flop in their playoff debut. Lamar Jackson most recently, who came back the next year and won an MVP. Peyton Manning back in the day had a horrendous playoff debut. 
But I, I like the fact that, you know what, okay, um, he recognizes that. He, a lot of guys, it was so bad, might just dismiss it. One of those, ah, I'm throwing the game film in the trash can. I'm not, no, he went back and tried to learn from it. And, and so when he says, I feel like this is just a start, he's yet to put together a complete season, obviously. You know, the rookie season, okay, had the ups and downs throughout. But the end of the last two seasons, obviously, were underwhelming. So at some point, Danny, what's your confidence level that what he did over the first half of last season when he was a legitimate MVP candidate, he can sustain over the entirety of 17 games? I don't think that's a question physically. I think we know that the answer was something mentally going on with the collapse of this team last season. And I thought it was interesting in this press conference that Kyler said it was as his first playoff experience and as the team, right, like with with this coaching staff, it might be beneficial for them that that was their playoff experience because now they know the pain and now they know what it takes. And so the fact that he is clearly looking back at that and seeing what can they learn from it, but it doesn't necessarily seem like it's festering and it's on their mind in the sense that it's they're still dwelling on it. Now it's turn, you know, it's, it's turned in their mind of, okay, how can we use this and learn from it and use it as motivation so that next time we're in that situation, it's a different outcome. And I also think too it was interesting. I'm sorry if you just <laughs> before you get no. going. Danny's got of stuff my head. to say. Well, I'm just going to say I really liked when I was talking to Kyler him saying that it wouldn't be a failure, but his job would not be complete if he does not bring at least one Super Bowl to this organization. And he said, you know, I've had a lot of personal accolades and records broken already in the NFL, which is true. And he said, that's great, but that's not what I care about. You know, like for me, if I'm going to break a record, I want to be the first to bring that Lombardi trophy here. It reminds me of this national radio interview I did the other day, and the host goes, he, he fronts me up. I don't know. He's a tough guy on the air. Paul Calvisi, what's your confidence level? Kyler Murray will deliver a Super Bowl to Arizona. Like, Whoa, okay, all right, back off. Better, you know. But no, I, I mean, it's not solely on the quarterback, obviously. Aaron Rodgers has been to how many Pro Bowls? Or uh, Super Bowls, I'm sorry. Aaron Rod- One? Hasn't he been to he's, one Super Bowl? He's won one Super Bowl. He's won one I, I Super Bowl. He was into, uh, into so, one. I mean, you can be you know a first ballot Hall of Famer for 20 years, and that's Dan Marino. Far from guaranteed, absolutely. But at this point and the trajectory, you know, I, again, getting back to that playoff loss, you're not going to be able to correct any problem unless you identify the problem. And he mentioned attention to detail. So just add that to the growing list of different players, whether it's Buddha, we got comfortable – whether it's A.J. Green and there was a lack of overall team leadership, you know, whether guys got a little complacent. So, okay, that makes me feel a lot better about this season, that they recognize what went wrong the end of last season. Because I think to some degree, you know, they weren't exactly sure what happened in 2020 to end that year when they lost five of their last seven. They thought maybe it was leadership. It was maybe toughness, right? That's what two off seasons ago was all about. Let's yeah. try and bolster those two categories. Well, guess what? I mean, it worked to a certain degree. You got off to a 10-2 and two start. Okay, but then something plagued this team down the stretch. Now, I firmly believe that hard knocks, for example, is one small item, is a football decision. I think that's part of trying to add an extra layer of accountability. But at least now everyone's on high alert come December that that's the true challenge for this team. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with any of those things. And, and you know, look – so much of this stuff is is it's going to be about Kyler and it's not going to be about Kyler. You know, one of the fascinating parts to me about and I've seen a couple of the reports on 
how the contract is laid out. His his salary cap number, I was a little surprised. I thought it might go down a little bit. I, it went up a little bit, not by much. It was like 11 and a half, and now it's like 12 and a half for this year. So it very doesn't really impact anything. Uh, and then next year, it's only 16 million, which is a very low number for a starting quarterback. Of course, in three years, it jumps to 50 plus wow. on the salary cap, but the salary cap is supposed to jump tremendously in 2024. So. Um, yeah, that syncs up with the new media money yes. that's going to rocket and the cap so, up, right? I mean, when you look at that, then it's about, okay, who can we get in here on the roster to help him? Because it doesn't matter how much he's getting paid if he doesn't have anybody to throw to or protect them. It's not really going to make a difference. What about the guaranteed money that initially was ported at $160 million guaranteed? Which is, which is his guarantee for injury. For injury. So further, which all that means is if he has a catastrophic injury in his career and he can't play football anymore legit, then he gets he would get all that money, but that doesn't that's not if you tore a ligament or I mean again it's a good thing you don't believe in jinxes, Darren. <sighs> but the full guarantee, what they term and define as the full guarantee, is reportedly one hundred five. Yes, then that's about what it is. I'll be honest with you. Then I mean, considering Deshaun Watson and what the Browns yeah. did to blow up the salary structure and how I'm guessing that first NFL owners meeting 31 other owners looked at Jimmy Haslam and said what are you doing okay so honestly that combined with the fact in two years and the new media money and the way they structured it within the cap I think everyone's going to look around and say you know what that was pretty well bought by the Arizona Cardinals especially with Lamar Jackson coming Joe Burrow coming and Justin Herbert coming well and the reality of the Browns thing is it was a different thing. That was, A, you had multiple teams trying to get – I mean, the Browns don't get Deshaun Watson unless they give him that That's deal. True. It was more of an open market bidding process. And it, and it was an open market bidding process that the Browns felt they panicked, and that's what they did because they weren't going to get him. He was going to go to Atlanta. And Otherwise, Baker Mayfield was scorched earth at that exactly. point. Exactly. Whereas Kyler Murray um, – Look, he got a lot of what he wanted, but this was a fair deal in a lot of ways because the Cardinals did have a lot of leverage. Kyler Murray was under contract for two more years, and then you could franchise him for two more. I mean, he wouldn't have been happy, and he might have tried to uh, he might have tried to hold out it here and there. But the bottom line was, he wasn't in a position where he could just sit out, and it was going to really work for either one. So I, I think it makes sense to to you know compromise there. The Hollywood Brown. What do you say about Hollywood Brown, by the way? Did he? Uh, you asked him about that, Danny? And, and I mean, I'll be honest with you. The more I think about it and the more we witness in the offseason, the more we heard from GM Steve Keim a little bit on the radio side after the press conference, that is truly going to be plug and play. I expect immediate returns in that, in that pairing. Kyler is clearly very excited. He was he kind of joking. It's like some people might think, you know, you have too many weapons to pass the ball around, but he's not concerned about that problem. He It wasn't even just Hollywood. He went into all of his offensive weapons, Zach Ertz, Trey McBride, Rondale Moore, A.J. Green, all of, all of these receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, when he comes back from his suspension and just saying that he feels like this offense is different than last year. And even if that's not personnel, he feels like it's different and feels like they're going to take that jump this year. He was very, very excited and had a, a big smile, though, when talking about his college teammate and his very good friend, Marquise Hollywood Brown. I, I still think, and I don't know, you guys, I'm not sure this is necessary, but I think it helps that his best friend is now on the team or one of his best friends as a bridge to the rest of the locker room. I, I really do. I, I really think that 
that'll help bolster and grow relationships and leadership within that locker room. Because if Kyler is a little bit different and at times has been termed an introvert, and so I think it just it can't hurt, I guess, and uh, it might lead to him really fulfilling that role that Patrick Peterson put on him in the middle of his rookie year, right, when he called him a CEO. Wasn't that the old thing, right? But how do you do that as a rookie when you're sharing a locker room with Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, and Chandler Jones? It did strike me that when somebody asked him about the pressure, he, Kyler at at his press conference, Kyler kind of started talking about, okay, you know, when you're a quarterback, you know, and then he noted two things about being quarterback, the leadership part and the taking pressure part. Those are the first two things he thinks about. It's not whether I'm going to be able to throw for 300 yards. It's not the contract it's it's being able to be the leader mm-hmm. and and then you know dealing with the pressure that that comes with being a quarterback and and so the leadership stuff i mean it's still going to be out there and and i i hope you're right and i hope the hollywood brown thing helps but i think hollywood brown is going to help more because he's a good player and you got your other top wide receiver is going to be suspended and by the way his answer was it's the pressure i've always wanted which i thought was a good answer Right. What do you? Which I I don't I completely think that's genuine. I think it is. I think he does embrace that. And Danny, you know, coming from Dallas, that the pressure of being a 15 year old quarterback and leading a team to a big school state title in the Cowboys home stadium. I mean, if anyone's equipped for it, it's Kyler Murray. Absolutely. He he has the pedigree of winning. It's in his blood, going back to high school, to college, winning the Heisman. I mean, this is this is his expectation. That's why I've I've said all offseason that if there's anybody who's going to take that last performance of last season, the playoff game against the Rams, and use it as motivation, it's Kyler Murray. I don't know that there's anyone more competitive than him in that locker room, and it come off arguably, arguably the worst game of his career. Somebody who lives and breathes this game and wants to win more than anything, I think that's only going to benefit him and benefit this team this year. Well, maybe the hardest hitting question came at the very end when Colt McCoy asked him if he was going to be at the uh, quarterback meeting the, the next day. So, which reminds no, me, walkthrough. He did say walkthrough. Oh, through. the walkthrough. Okay. Which he paused. <laughs> <laughs> he said yes, but he paused. There was a long pause there. Well, maybe he was wondering if it was mandating his contract yes. because uh, reports and sources out there say that over nine million dollars is tied to his workout bonuses. Yes, workout off-season workouts, nine point three million, according to Pro Football Talk, which I think is very, yeah. very interesting for a team that would like to have him around with for the chemistry as they build it in the off-season. Yeah, and I think there's it's twofold. One, yes, you're the quarterback, and and as Kyle Vandenbosch has said, yeah. former Cardinal, look, that's part of your job description now, especially more than ever. You're paid like a leader. But number two, you pointed this out, Darren. We've seen this trend ever since COVID. More players are staying away in the off season, and it's one thing if a linebacker isn't there for all your OTAs, but it's entirely a different thing when your franchise quarterback isn't there, and you can't build on that chemistry and some of the other things. So, I get it. All right. Anything else uh, we missed? Uh, Danny, I wasn't in attendance or in the room. Mom and Dad were beaming, I I take it. They were smiling the whole time, I bet. Yes, they were. Of course, a question about baseball was asked because it was was going around that (laughs) Kyler Murray's Yep. You know, average annual pay is more than the <laughs> the athletics total payroll. Yep. So somebody, you know, kind of I don't think it was really joking, but asked, you know, so the contract mean there's there's no baseball. And Steve Kime and Kyler Murray were both kind of silent. And, and Steve Kime made that joke of 
you saw how much like we paid him. You saw how much Oakland could have paid him. And Ky- payroll, yeah. Ky- 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 Kyler said, I am right where I want to be. No. Well, Kyler didn't say I'm not going to play baseball. No. <laughs> he didn't say that. And it's, So it's about $46 million a year in, uh, in, in this extension, and the A's entire payroll is just over 48 a year. Yes. So okay, if you're yeah, wondering close. about the numbers, yeah. And speaking of Steve Kime, we had him on the radio side afterwards real quick. I asked him any Kime time signs or, uh, you know, in, in, in the near future, and he said there might be a couple sometime soon so he, he did say that and then what else i threw down a couple other notes if you're wondering steve kime i said all right what key questions would you like answered either by the end of camp sometime in camp he said well i am curious about depth at cornerback and then our young players on defense and i said position battle right guard i said will hernandez uh, justin murray and he threw in josh jones he said that's a three-headed really? battle that's according to uh, steve kime so and my final thought is, I don't, you know, Kyler, I presume, doesn't even need the contract because if he's part of FaZe Clan, FaZe Clan had their uh, IPO, their stock offering earlier this week. So he doesn't, I mean, this is just beer money. This is beer money at this point for Kyler and his, his new $230.5 million deal if he's in on the stock options with FaZe Clan. I, want, I just want to know how much swoosh is worth. So life is good. Yeah, everybody should be the dog for Kyler Murray in the Kyler household. That'll do it for this edition, special contract edition, franchise record edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.